welcome to Not Another Pop Culture Pod. I'm Sean. And I'm Danny. Hello again. Hi. It's nice to be back. Yeah. Um, it's been a strange week. Like, we were just talking before, weren't we, about how we feel like we've not even used social media this yeah, week. So, definitely. is our podcast redundant? Because we've not been keeping up with the pop culture. The answer is no. We've still got plenty <laughs> to talk about. Um. Why haven't we used social media this week? Is it written in the stars? Like, I don't Ooh, even know. Maybe. Um, well, to be honest, I feel like it's just been such a busy week. I've had such a good week for sort of socialising. Yeah. And catching up with, well, I saw you, I think, beginning of last week. Um, I saw some friends that I've not seen for, like, quite quite a while. Um, and, yeah, I've just been out and about quite a lot this week. Yeah, I feel the same, to be honest. I think I've not really had loads of time to sit down and read, which is usually what I do. Mm. I feel, like you said, as though I've been out loads, as if I've had people round loads, obviously showing off my flat, you know how it is. Um, but yeah, it's been a good week. Mm. I think sometimes you need those weeks to kind of recharge your social batteries and, you know, get the good energy from mingling with people. Yeah. And sometimes you need the time to kind of step back and be like, all I want to do is scroll Insta, <laughs> yeah. watch TV, read the books. And it's good to have a variety, a bit of everything. I genuinely feel like I do need a week of nothing, but I'm not going to get that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially because you're starting a new job. I am tomorrow. I can't believe it. I know. And I just finished my old job two days ago and my, my recharge time has literally been two days. How do you feel? I feel, at the minute, like, I don't really, like, it doesn't feel real. Mm. Like, in my head, I still think I'm going into my old job tomorrow. Oh. And I'm going to, like, log on and chat to my team. Oh. And I'm not, which is sad, but I'm really looking forward to it. I'm feeling a bit nervous, but... Yeah, oh, I'm sure excited. you'll be absolutely fine. Yeah. It is exciting. I think that's how you have to see it. You have to see it as a new adventure, mm -hmm. it's a new part of your life is gonna go well for you because it's something that you're interested in mm. tell the listeners what your new job is ah well if you listened last week you'll remember that I used to work on cruise ships for like four years um I worked in the duty free and while I'm not setting sail again I am going to work for a cruise company um as their content manager Ooh. So it's kind of like my, my perfect job because, you know, I do content at the moment. Well, I was doing content. Um, it's kind of like the the sort of specialism that I've gone into post our journalism masters. Uh, so I get to combine like my, you know, my two specialities, travel, cruising and content. Oh, I'm so excited for you. It's so up your street. Mm -hmm. Like I can't imagine at this stage a job that would be more suited to you yeah I think it's just you're in a position where you wouldn't necessarily want to go back on the cruise ships but to be able to work in content for a company mm -hmm. that focuses on travel is just like exactly yeah. where I saw you yeah oh the only way is off it's Definitely. so exciting mm -hmm. oh my gosh so we want to do a section every week and we're gonna talk about our pick of the week and our ick of the week. Ew, our <laughs> ick. <laughs> so, as you all know, ick is something that is not good. <laughs> yeah. A big no-no. So Thumbs down. Your pick is probably going to be the fact that you're starting a new adventure. Yeah, it is. 
Um, yeah, so that's like my major pick is also my sort of the team that I've just left. Mm. I had um, like a leaving drinks thing, but see, it, it's quite strange because in my office there were sort of four of us based in Manchester and then like about 10 based in London within our marketing team. Um, two other people left the Manchester office. So there was like just me and one, one other person. So our sort of my leaving drinks on Friday, we sat in a conference room, me and my manager, and kind of did it, like, virtually Aww. over Teams. But my office had, like, a fridge just full of, like, beer, alcohol and stuff, which you're allowed to, like, go and take on a Friday afternoon. No way! Yeah, so that was quite fun. Um, we did some, like, quizzes uh, over Kahoot. I don't know if you've ever used Kahoot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much fun. It shouldn't be, yeah. but it just is <laughs> so we did some like you know like generic like movies tvs music but they were like what's one thing that you like that's your specialism and i was like oh, i don't want to pick anything that's really niche because i feel like it, it's not fair to everyone else and they were like no sean just pick pick something that you love yeah <laughs> so we did a gossip girl quiz and i won obviously did you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i love that I, I got like every question right except for one how many questions were there about 20 <laughs> Oh, I've like genuinely a super fan. <laughs> genuinely rewatched Gossip Girl about six times. I've never watched it. You're missing out. Like I know what it's about and all that kind of thing, but I just feel like when did it come out? So I think I remember I started watching it. I was probably about seventeen, eighteen when it came out. So just over ten years ago, probably. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why I never got into it. I've never really been a huge not like a TV, TV person, though. Mm, but this was back in the day where, like, you know, I couldn't just, like, sit and binge watch it. I used to watch it. It was on... Yeah. I remember the first series, I watched it on ITV2. Oh. And then I remember, like, seeing on Facebook or something that it'd come back out in America for season two. Mm. And this is when I learned to, like, illegally stream TV shows. Like, no, didn't, she didn't. I didn't know how to do that before. <laughs> but I was, like, <laughs> determined to watch Gossip Girl. Yeah. I couldn't be bothered to wait. Until it came out in the UK. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I don't I do miss the days though of um of waiting for a TV show. Mm. You know, for sitting down with your family and being like, Oh, you know, yeah. something's coming on at nine PM and everyone's sat there like, Ooh, how I exciting. think there's certain types of TV show that that works for. Mm. Like I don't know, I feel like Game of Thrones, for example. Yeah. That was always quite a ritual, like, wherever I was, because sometimes I was, like, on a ship when that came out. Yeah. So I'd have to, like, go out and download it, and, like, there'd be, like, a group of us, we'd all, like, download it together. Yeah. And then go, like, sit in someone's cabin and watch it. But same with, like, my family, you know, if I was, like, back staying with my parents or whatever, we'd all wait until... I think it used to come out, like, 2am on a Sunday morning or something, so Monday night we'd all sit down and watch it. Oh, I yeah. love stuff like that. And I think when you speak to your parents as well, like my mum said, they had rituals like that mm-hmm. too. You know, they'd go to the shop and buy like something really bougie to <laughs> eat like whilst they were watching like the show and it would be their weekly treat almost. Because yeah. I feel like our parents' generation almost didn't go out for dinner and stuff as much as us millennials yeah, I do. Know. My mum's always like you're going out for dinner so much like it's so expensive and especially when she comes to Manchester she thinks everything is like so expensive and I'm like it's really like it's not it probably Mm. is you know my parents live in a fairly like small town in comparison it probably is do you know what 
I've just thought when we were talking about price and, you know, going out for dinner, mm. did you see this week, I, can't, I don't know who it was, but somebody said that if millennials just stopped, like, buying takeaway oh, coffee. Oh. She was like, if they got rid of their Netflix and Yeah, and stop getting takeaway coffee. Like I'm not being funny. I don't even pay for my Netflix. <laughs> I know. And it I'm is a still, rare occasion that I get takeaway one. coffee. Oh, to be fair, I do. You're a big. I do be getting coffees. You're a big fan of a chain. I've of... literally just been for a Starbucks <laughs> this morning. <laughs> See? You know, you yeah. know what you have to do if you want to afford a house, apparently. If I get rid of that Disney Plus subscription. I know. And my coffees. I'm rolling my eyes so hard. I at still that. wouldn't be able to buy a house. Do you know what though? I was um I was watching Loose Women. Mm. I don't watch Loose Women, of course. I'm I'm a cool <laughs> millennial. But anyway, it was on. You know, I wasn't actively watching it. It's just but, there um, in the background. Yeah, and um Ruth Langsford was backing the fact that if millennials just, you know, saved up more or whatever, we'd be, you know, be able to afford a house. And I'm like I think maybe if landlords reduced the rent. I might be able to save up. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's so important. Well, it's not impossible, but it is really difficult. And you do really have to sacrifice your whole life if mm. you want to save up as well as rent. And then there's the whole conundrum of like, well, how much is that going to take a hit on your mental health yeah. if you're not able to leave the place that you're and I think, renting? I think, like, for me as a single person, like, it's really... The environment is, like, so against me. Like... I feel like if you're in a couple and you're both saving, mm. you know, you're both working full time and you're both saving, then maybe it's a little bit more like doable. But for me as a single person, I'm trying to save even just by like a one bed flat in Manchester. Yeah. Like it's going to take me years. Mm. essentially it is really difficult. Like you say, if you're in a couple, it makes it that little bit mm. easier. But the odds definitely do seem stacked against single people and just people in general yeah. that are trying to save up because you're assuming that everybody of our age is on a good wage and not everybody no. is. It's just a fact. Yeah. Um, like genuinely coming out of a master's degree, I wasn't on a good wage, I would say, until, you know, like the back end of last year mm. at well, I'm 29 now, so at 28 years old, I finally got onto what I would say is a sustainable, decent wage yeah. for the amount of like time and effort I've put into, you know, education, my portfolio, doing mm. all sorts of like freelancing work to to build my portfolio and stuff. Exactly. It takes a while, and a lot of people don't do master's degrees, so exactly. they're not. They haven't upskilled themselves enough to necessarily get those higher paid jobs, but then you're sort of in a dilemma of what do you do a master's degree in if you're not especially passionate about anything in particular? Yeah. It's just, it's, oh, it's annoying. I, I just feel like if I hadn't have done my master's, I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in now. But a master's degree is almost like a luxury. Oh, 100%. It's something that you, you can't take it lightly. No. If you're going to do a master's, you have to be serious about what you're doing because otherwise, essentially, you've just wasted a year of your yeah. life. And what, like 10 grand's worth yeah. of student debt? <laughs> I know, like now I pay my master's 
degree back and oh yeah my original student loan too but my master's I don't begrudge I know that sounds really mm. daft but I almost think my undergraduate was a stepping stone but a three-year stepping stone oh. is like well same oh, for well. me like <laughs> so I did my undergrad in politics and economics and at the time, like, I, I always thought I was interested in sort of journalism, mm. which is now even not where I'm, like, headed. But I thought I could be, like, a political correspondent. Did economics as well, just because I'd done it at school. Mm. And then when I got to uni, I was just terrible at it. So I ended up with a sort of, like, major minor degree, which not a lot of people, like, have in this country. It's a bit weird. Mm. Um and yeah, so I finished that degree, had like literally no idea what to do. And that's when I went off, you know, cruising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Just I can't like say I blame you. Yeah. yeah, see, I did my undergraduate in philosophy. And I remember the number one joke that I would get from people, like new people I met was, what are you going to do with that? Work in mm -hmm. the philosophy factory. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's original. After the, after the first time I heard it, I was just like... No. I used to get asked if I was going to be a politician. I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> not a chance. I know. Imagine, though, being a philosopher in this day and age. Like, what Like what does that even mean? I don't know. Just someone that chats to chat. Yeah. I mean, isn't that what we're doing right now? Yeah, fair? so maybe we are philosophers. Philosophising, is that a word? <laughs> yeah, I think it is. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is all we're doing. But that, I think I got a bit of a reality check when mm. I was looking for jobs because I was like I don't want to work in marketing I had a couple of interviews for different marketing companies and it was like all commission based obviously you get a salary but then you know you get commission and as hard-faced as I can be not to paint a picture bad picture of myself but I can obviously in my line of work you kind of have to be but I'm not hard-faced enough to actively scam people yeah I think <laughs> that's like because I say to people like, oh, I work in digital marketing and they're like, their first thought is like like hard sales marketing. I'm like, no, no that's like not what I do at all. Like, no, sometimes I just say like, oh, I'm a copywriter. Yeah. <laughs> and I then people are still like, what? I think you are a content creator, but yeah. I think that baffles people it too. It does. I, I think I literally like tweeted this the other day because I said to someone, oh, like I work in content and they were just like what does that mean I was like in this day and age all all we do is consume content like, yeah how is the word content so baffling yeah. it's such a I, I don't know it's such a big hill for some people to climb mm. in terms of like understanding what it means but it's so straightforward it's just you're writing yeah I'm a writer <laughs> <laughs> then people would be like do you write books I no know. I don't write books maybe one day I'd yeah. love to write a book hopefully I've definitely like sat on my laptop a couple of times with some ideas, but I think to write a book, I'd need to take a sabbatical oh, and, yeah. you know, probably move to somewhere hot, <laughs> <laughs> somewhere that I could stare at a gorgeous beach mm. or the sea or something all day, every day and write a book. But that's definitely one for the future, I think. Yeah. I think I'd like to write a book by the time I'm like mid thirties. That would be, yeah. that would be the kind of dream because a lot of journalists do end up writing fiction. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. It's almost like if you're interested in writing full stop, you almost have like this creative flair lingering I think somewhere. you just like, especially as a journalist, you come across so many sort of stories that are, like inf can influence fiction. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think um, a lot 
of your life experiences as well will influence the kind of fiction that you write. Mm. I've always said, like, if I wrote a fiction book, it would kind of loosely be based off, like, some of the things I've, like, come across. Yeah, definitely. So, Danielle, what is your pick of the week this week? Um, I would say probably the fact that Joe and I have finally put art up (laughs) around our flat, so... It had been a bit bare for a few weeks. I mean, we've got plants and stuff. I've definitely acquired more plants over the two weeks we've been there. But um, a place just feels so much more homely, doesn't it? When you've got art up and, you know, just bits and bobs and trinkets everywhere. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people like minimalistic style, but that's not me at all. (laughs) I like colour. I Could never be you. I know, could never be me. I've got my astrology cushion. (laughs) So, like, Jo's little sister came round the other day and she was like, how did you convince Jo to get astrology cushions? (laughs) And I was like, I'm persuasive. (laughs) But yeah, it just feels so much... It felt homely from the second we walked in, to be honest, and it sounds really unlikely, but it felt like ours almost from the second we got the keys. Mm -hmm. But now it just feels like an actual home yeah. home so that's been really really nice yeah definitely and I'm the same like I've got some art up on the walls so I kind of like I've been in my flat for two years but have you is yeah. that how long you've been here mm-hmm. but I moved Gosh. bedrooms didn't I so I was in like the small bedroom when I moved in oh yeah <laughs> and then when my old flatmate moved out I was like right I'm moving in I'm claiming it I'm moving into that big room but do you remember in my old bedroom, I, I put up a gallery wall. Oh, yes. I put about 10 pictures on the wall and I literally, like, nailed them all into the wall, which is definitely gonna... Oh, no. Like, deduct some money from that deposit. But the walls are all a bit of a mess, to be honest, anyway. Yeah, well, if it needs repainting anyway, yeah, exactly. like... Whatever. So I, I nailed them all into the wall. They were up for about, like, two months and then I moved rooms. So I've not... I've put, like, one of them back up with command strips. Mm. Um... And I'm going to put the rest up soon. And then I, yesterday, built, like, a little um, thing for my desk to put, like, my computer monitors on. Um, oh, it's so, so cute. So, yeah, I'm getting, like, a little office set up going in here. I'm going to put some art up above my computer. Yeah. And just make you it, should like... get a really, like, a nice calendar or something. Like, I'm mm. such a calendar user. I always mark if I have different shifts or yeah. I need to cover somebody that particular day on a different title. Like, I, you know put it all on the calendar yeah. I'd be lost without a calendar oh do you know what I'm the biggest like iCal user now really yeah. oh like no. literally everything I have to put it in my phone's calendar because no way I forget it are you not see I'm so much more of a writer down <laughs> like <laughs> see, I just love it when I'm you know like at work if I'm writing at work I find it easiest to write hand write stuff yeah um, I find it gets my like creative juices flowing. Yeah, definitely. But There's I, nothing like yeah. paper to pen, is But there? I just don't have the time a lot of paper the time. Paper to pen? Pen to paper. Pen to paper, more like. <laughs> <laughs> it's the yeah. then like you write it all down and then you have to type that up. And I just don't have time to be doing that. Yeah, that's that kind of adds an extra step in the process mm. that you don't need. So it's like when we had to do our journalism exams for our masters and they were online. I used to, I think for our media law exam, I wrote down everything <laughs> I could remember really quick yeah. and then just typed away and like, thankfully it yeah. went really well. So <laughs> God knows how I passed that media law exam, but I did and I passed it with probably like a, a decent mark as well. Yeah. And then when my work were like, oh, you have to do media law again. 
And I was like, oh no, sat a media law exam. And then they were like, if you want to be like a senior journalist, you have to like sit it again. And I was like, is this a sick joke? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, there's no way I'm going to pass three media law exams in my life. I mean, it's obviously very, very important, but yeah. It is a bit tedious. And you boring, can't isn't it? you can't be cutting corners when it comes no. to the legality mm. of the scenarios, but you know, it's clearly something stuck because yeah. somehow I did it. But but yeah. So tell me, what is your ick of the week? Right. So my my ick of the week is a song, and it's a song called "Emo Girl" by Machine Gun Kelly and Willow, as in Willow Smith really yeah it's so right the thing with machine gun kelly i i used to quite like him like when he first started doing like pop punk music whatever i was like okay this is kind of cool like bringing it back into you know the mainstream of it um he brought out an album which i didn't mind it was like produced by travis barker from blink so i was like that influence definitely i liked that Mm. Then he kind of, like, got together with, like, Megan Fox, and I was like, okay, hot couple alert. (laughs) But now they both kind of get on my nerves, and this latest song, I swear to God, it's so annoying. Like... I need to listen to it and report back. It sounds like a parody of, like, a pop-punk song. In fact, right, listeners, I'm gonna listen to this song, and then we'll be right back. (laughs) Right, so we're back. Danielle's just had a, a quick little listen to Emo Girl. Um... Can you see why it's my ick of the week? Yeah, I think, like, forget my ick of the week. (laughs) Like, that is my new ick of the week. It just feels a bit teen Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, Machine Gun Kelly must be, like, in his mid-30s or something. Why are you singing songs for 12-year-olds? It's kind of weird. I'm I'm not into it. Yeah, like, I did like his, you know, some of his stuff that he was coming out with. Um, and I thought it, like, I just liked that it was kind of reviving pop-punk a bit, because, mm. I mean, there were loads of bands out there still doing it, but... Not as much in the mainstream. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not into it, but you fully know how I feel about that yeah. type of music. I was into it when I was, like, 12. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> why I feel, I feel like that song is, like, made for 12-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah, but then mm. the lyrics are a little bit, like, like, just icky. Yeah, just not a fan. No, but can I just say that Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox are both Taurus people, so yes, here we are we again, are. concerned over the welfare of Taurus <laughs> people. <laughs> Every single podcast episode, I'm going to make it my business mm-hmm. to mention Taurus people, yeah. <laughs> to at them. <laughs> but yeah, no, not into that. I don't want to be too rude, but... Ick, ick, ick of the week. Yeah. Also, the music video, right... Was they've just taken like the set of Twin Peaks and turned it into their music video? And then, oh, was that the one that you were sending the other day saying you yeah. like the flooring? I, like, I do like the flooring, right? So do I, but I don't like that song. Yeah, <laughs> the flooring's where the greatness <laughs> stops. Yeah, not into it. Mm-hmm. Not into it no, at all. So, what was your ick of the week? Well, funnily enough, it's also music related. Ooh. So. I feel really bad saying this, but my ick of the week was kind of the Brits. Mm. There was just something about... It lacked that je ne sais quoi that the Brits normally has. And I don't know whether I've kind of deluded myself into thinking that the Brits was like this 
more amazing award ceremony than it actually yeah. was. But don't get me wrong, I think Mo Gilligan did a really good job. I was actually kind of amazed at how I good he him. was. He's so cute. He can't do any wrong in my opinion. Yeah. Well, obviously, if he did something wrong, he can't. <laughs> like, he so far, he's yet to do anything wrong. Yeah, I think that he did an absolutely great job. And, um, and you know, it was just the hot... It just felt a bit overproduced, yeah, a like, bit... Like, the same people were getting nominated for the same awards. People that shouldn't necessarily have won, in my opinion, yeah. did win. I think some people were really deserving. I think Sam Fender, definitely yeah. really deserving. Lil Sims. Yeah. Definitely. I really like her. I like really rate her i think yeah. she's gonna go places 100%. especially when you've had that almost like validation from the brits mm-hmm. even though i didn't particularly enjoy watching it this year it can do wonders for your yeah. career so i do think that she's brilliant so like the girl that won rising star holly humberstone yeah um She's actually from my hometown. I don't know her, like, never met her or anything, but she's, like, quite a fair bit younger than me, but she actually went to my school. Yeah, Yeah, she's 22, isn't she? Yeah, it's quite cool to see someone, you know, from a small town, like, not a lot really happens in my town, in my hometown. So it does now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Wasn't Margaret Thatcher from your Let's not go there, please. (laughs) It's pretty famous. Yeah. Isaac Isaac Newton also discovered gravity. In Grantham? Yeah, or like roundabouts. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, another claims of fame. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's always the one that I go with when people are like, Margaret Thatcher, and I'm like, nope, Isaac Newton. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to counterbalance it. <laughs> yeah. No, it was nice to see somebody so young perform and... Mm. I said to you at the time, I wasn't really loving the type of music, but like we spoke about on the last podcast, it's because it wasn't Sad girl, sad girl song. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not into the sad girl songs, but there's no denying she had a lovely voice. Mm. Just not really my particular cup of tea, but I just want to say Adele looked so nice in that like sparkly dress. I was like, oh, when she took it off for the short black one, I was like, no, put the other one back on. (laughs) Like... Yeah, I want to know who does her makeup because mm. they always get it spot on these days. Oh my god, how random was the opening Ed Sheeran and Bring Me the Horizon? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, Ed Sheeran's like water, he is everywhere. I He's, I, I have such mixed opinions about Ed Sheeran. Mm. Like, on the one hand, I used to be genuinely and undeniably. Utterly obsessed I, I with like him. genuinely like when he first came out, like he was quite a, he was quite edgy. I'd say at the time, like when eighteen came, like first came out. Yeah, I was probably about like sixteen or something, sixteen, seventeen, mm. and it was like quite a cool song. Yeah, like, I still quite like the song Eighteen, and yeah. his first album was pretty decent. But I don't know what it is about him. I just feel like he's just. I do everywhere. He's one of those people that I do think, to some extent, fame has changed him. Mm. But I think you'd be hard, hard pushed to find somebody that fame hasn't changed at all. Yeah, like you say, he had an album or like a what do you call it? Is it an EP? If it's like only a few songs or something, yeah. I don't even. Yeah, he had an EP out before his first album, and I remember being like in love Mm -hmm. from that and then he released a team and i was like oh this is really good and then i went to see him and he was amazing and then 
I, th- I can't remember which album he brought out after that. Was it the green one? Is it like Divide or something? I don't, I don't know. know. They were but... all like called like Plus or like Multiply yeah. or something, weren't they? And I just remember kind of being like, uh, meh, mm. not into it anymore. Kind of went a bit middle-aged vibes yeah. for me then. And I remember, did you, were you like into him as in into all of his songs or did you just think 18 was good? Uh, I'm trying to think like... I really liked A Team, and I think there was a, a few off his first. What was his first album? Plus Multiply. I have no idea. Whatever. The orange one. Yeah. <laughs> it was an orange cover album. Um, it was like that one that you need me. Whatever it's called, <gasps> I don't need you. I can wrap that whole thing, but oh, I'm gosh. not going to. <laughs> I quite liked that at the time. I, oh, obsessed. But, I don't know. Like I genuinely would never put an Ed Sheeran song on when shape of you came out right mm. i felt like i i quite enjoyed it i thought it was quite catchy yeah joe hates that song because... and now it just gets played everywhere and well like... that's what he said he was like it's just played so much like when he went to cambodia he was like that song got played all the yeah. time and he was like why mm. why is this song getting played all the time when i'm like halfway across the world can't yeah. even escape it there but yeah his songs are catchy i'm always like i'm not listening to it and then somehow it just like comes up somewhere and I'm like, they're always such airworms. Mm. <laughs> but... Do you know what? I quite enjoyed Ollie Sykes singing Bad Habits, to be fair. It was good. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not really into that kind of music, but it was good. Mm. It worked well. Yeah. It just shows you. Ed Sheeran just ha- seems to have this hold on like the whole of the music yeah. industry. He, Everyone loves it. I think he it. is a good songwriter. Yeah. I think just... In the past few years, he's just been writing, like... He's just been, like, churning out hits. music. Yeah. He's That's, trying to write hits, yeah. not stuff from the heart. Mm. I feel like his first album was from the heart, and it was, like, genuinely touching. Yeah. Like, I remember he had a song on there called You and I. I don't remember if you... Mm. Um, I don't know if you remember it, but... It was, like... Oh, it got <laughs> you right in the feels. And it was... It was sad. It was, like, cry sad. But after that... It just felt like he was almost writing the sadder songs to fulfil some sort of yeah. grief rather like what than... what was that song called? The one that... Something Out Loud. Thinking Out Loud. Yeah. God, I couldn't even think of that. everyone has at, like, their oh, wedding or God. something. <laughs> That's their first song. Yeah. Like, Honest God, that was, like, the first one for me where I was like, this is just getting overplayed. Yeah. Not into it. I think as soon as Beyonce jumps on a remix for the song, I'm done mm. with it to be honest and I think she did jump on a remix on that one and I was like nah <laughs> <laughs> not for you no yeah but no the Brits just weren't really yeah. for me to no. be honest this year but you never know what next year might might bring I also just have to say poor Anne-Marie falling off the stage like I, that would be me 100% same I actually love her another person yeah. that can do no wrong I'm not like no a fan wrong. of her music but I, I quite like her personality I feel as though if I met her, I like we'd just be chaos together. Mm. <laughs> but I would be there for it. But yeah, her personality just seems so like sparkly and yeah. lovely. And I love literally every single outfit that she wears. I'm like, oh, how does she make everything look good? I'm just like, piss <laughs> off. <laughs> but yeah. So I wanted to talk about, I don't think you've watched it, but the Tinder Swindler. I've seen it everywhere on social media. I feel like everybody's watched it. It's so annoying because the first day that it came out, I was like, right, Joe, let's watch this. Mm-hmm. But then, like, we saw it was two hours 
And we were like, yeah, it's mm. like a, it's like a, a documentary, a documentary, film. yeah, like a it's it's a commitment. Mm. So then we kind of were like, oh, not really in the mood. And then we went to watch it the day after, and his sister was on the Netflix account, and we were like, no, when are we going to watch this? <laughs> so we do definitely need to sit down and commit to it because if not, I'm just going to watch it myself. Sorry, yeah. Joe. <laughs> but everyone's talking about it, and I keep seeing the memes of this man that's like scammed somebody out mm. of so much money and I I obviously don't I know the premise of it but I don't know details yeah, and I, I'm not gonna spoil it for you please don't <laughs> what, what I will ask you is do you think that you would be like easily scammed by a man no no I'm far either. too like guarded when it comes to people like especially with money oh my god get I'm your like, mitts off yeah. my dough like <laughs> I've worked without, damn hard. Like, without spoiling too much, like, these women were taking out, like, credit cards and loans for this man. I have never even taken out a loan for myself. In it? I've never even had a credit card. I'm nearly 30. If I was like, going to take a credit card, like, it would be for me and my shopping yeah, addiction. I'm, not so, for I'm like, else. so precious with my money. I, I yeah, like, same. I don't live outside of my means. No. That makes sense. Same. I'm, I'm never doing this, like, Klarna pay, like... No. It's I, stupid. I feel like I'm, you know, I'm lucky that I've, like, grown up in a family where... I kind of never really wanted for anything, but, like, my parents were also quite... Well, my mum is, like, the most sensible with money person ever. Yeah. So she always taught me, like, don't live outside of your your means. She was like, never get into debt. Mm. <laughs> and I think she really instilled that in me. So I actually feel like I need to take out a credit card because I need a, a credit score. And I don't, like, currently have, like, good... You know, I don't have, like, bad credit, but I just don't have, like, a credit history because I've never had a credit card and I've never taken out a loan. I hardly, like, ever go into my overdraft. Yeah. I didn't go into my overdraft until I was about 27. See, I think I, that's, like, saying something. <laughs> I don't actually have an overdraft mm-hmm. because, like you say, um, my mum always said to me, the only time you ever get yourself into debt is when you're getting a mortgage. Yeah, Because, exactly. obviously, that is yeah. a type of debt. And, obviously, a student loan is technically, mm-hmm. but... I think if it benefits you to the extent that a degree can, then I don't see it as an issue. You're just paying it back. It's like a repayment scheme almost, isn't it? And it doesn't affect your credit score in any way or whatever. But like you say, my mum's always said to me, like, if you can't afford it at the time, then you can't get it. You know, I want a Chanel bag. Oh, God, same. A bitch can't afford it, so a bitch ain't getting a Chanel bag. (laughs) Like, you know, so there are certain things that you can treat yourself to and... You can be like, oh, I've done a really good job. I've got a new job. I've got a rise. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, done what, achieved whatever. And you might want to market with something like treating yourself to a piece of jewellery that means something to you or a handbag if that's what floats your boat or whatever, yeah. even a new pair of shoes. But if it's something that you simply cannot afford, then I don't think that you should be getting yourself into debt for it. And this is kind of my biggest issue with like influencer culture. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of influencers, you know, a couple from Manchester as well, that they actively promote stuff like Louis Vuitton bags to their followers. And I'm like, most of your followers are working class women. And it's all like fine and well if they're getting it for free. Exactly. You can't be trying to get all your like fans and followers (laughs) to, you know, to buy this Louis Vuitton bag because you think it's amazing, but you've been hashtag gifted it. I just feel like it's cheeky, mm-hmm. but that's the way that it works. And these people go out and they get themselves into debt to look good yeah. on their feed. On Instagram. And I've seen, like, stories of influencers hiring out, like, 
fake private jet sets. What? For photo shoots and stuff like that. So it Stop. looks like they're on a jet. I bet that's what the Tinder swindler did. <laughs> Probably. Well, he was defo up to something because I'm sorry, but if you scamming women out of money, he, I don't, he surely wasn't actually rich. Well, I think he like, he must have like pretended to be rich to get the first woman, scam that woman out of money and then use that money to scam the next woman, if but that makes sense. If you were... If you were attracted to a man because he was rich, why would he need you to take a credit I card know, out exactly. for him? And I know that from looking at the pictures of this guy, he's quite dishy. He's not my thing, mm. but he's he's all right. If you're into like all American sleazebag type looks, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But um, no, no, it wouldn't. It couldn't be Zac me. Efron. Couldn't even scam me oh, out no. of my money. Exactly, <laughs> as attractive as he is. <laughs> Oh, he is my celeb crush. I can't even lie. Zephron. I feel like I was like always a little bit old for that. Um, really? Yeah, like when High School Musical came out, I was, you know, well into my late teens at that point. Were you? Yeah. Or was in my teens. Yeah, oh, you so were definitely like... I was probably about 15, 16. I was going to say you were probably 15 because I feel like I was just on the cusp of turning like 12. Yeah. So yeah, that would make I was sense. also like big into my like emo phase at that point. Uh, so I, I wasn't going home sitting down and watching Disney Channel. I was definitely watching High School Musical on repeat. <laughs> I had the DVD. I was obsessed. My my little sister, like she, I don't think she was like massively in to High School Musical, but um, I remember taking them, like my sister and my cousin, to the cinema to see HSM four. Four. Yeah, it was like the only one that came out at the cinema. Was it? I've, mm. I didn't get that far. But, I watched one and two yeah. and was kind of over it by My then. sister was like big into Hannah Montana and I, oh. I took them to see the Hannah Montana movie. Do you know what I went to see in the cinema? This is so embarrassing. I don't, I've never really liked him. The Justin Bieber movie. Oh God. It, I didn't it, even know he It was awful. <laughs> I think we were like 15. We went to, me and my friend went to the Trafford Centre to watch it. Yeah, it was wow. every bit of shite as you could have imagined. No. That is an ick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the ick of like, ick of life. Ick of the century. <laughs> Literally. Oh my gosh. Another thing you've been watching as well though on Disney Plus mm-hmm. is that Pam and Tommy. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not caught up 100% with it so they're they release like three episodes at mm. once but then they're releasing the rest like weekly what yeah so I watched like three in, in a row <laughs> and then was like doing Pamela Anderson makeup while I was sat watching oh it, it looked so good <laughs> I loved it it was like a Sunday night I was very bored <laughs> nothing to do was like well, give myself I'll just a... give myself full fleek <laughs> yeah a bit of a Pammy makeover um there's another episode that came out the other day that I've just not had time to sit and watch, but mm. we were talking earlier, like, Pam and Tommy are, like, the blueprint for, like, what we were saying about, like, MGK and Megan Fox, like, Courtney Kardashian, Travis Barker, like, Kim, Kim K and Pete Davidson, like... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but no, don't mention that boy oh. on this podcast. I think they're just, like, the original, like, glamour girl mm. with like tattooed rock star yeah i saw somebody say though obviously again i've not watched it because i'm so bad with keeping up with tv and stuff but somebody did say on social media that tommy's tattoos look terrible yeah they look apparently since they were like 
they've got such a big budget, how can they not make these tattoos look it real? It all looks... This is the thing, like, I think the show's gone really hard on trying to make them look like the characters. Okay. Um, Maybe over, like, a bit of... And, like... I understand, like, if you're if you're portraying people that actually exist, you want to do a good job at portraying them. But I think it's it's on the like that line of like almost parodying. Uh, okay. Like caricaturing, I think isn't actually the word that I mean. Um, like especially with Lily James, like uh, I don't know. They've d- they've put like so much like makeup, and I don't know. If she's got like prosthetics on as well. Mm, maybe. Really, and like the voice acting. It's like just it's like very much on that line for me where it's like it could go a bit mm. over the top with it rather than like substance of the story, if that makes sense. Yeah. I will have to watch it. It's it's not something I know an awful lot about, so I feel like for me going into it, it would be with fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't have a clue what happened. Yeah. I know that was there a sex tape or something. Yeah, basically their sex tape got stolen and sold. Yeah. That'd be quite deep, wouldn't it? Yeah. I don't think anybody would enjoy Well, Kim Kardashian bloody loved it. <laughs> <laughs> what a career maker. <laughs> but yeah, that, no, it's a violation, oh, isn't yeah, 100%, it? 100%, 100%. And I think, like, I'm not, like I said, I'm not 100% caught up on it yet. Like, in the first three episodes, like, it's not really, like, delved into, like, the impact of that yet. So I'm, like, I'm okay. looking forward to finding out, like, how it impacted, like, especially Pamela Anderson, because I think it's definitely definitely like harder to be the woman in that situation for sure definitely I think I've seen so much feminist I was gonna say writing but not even writing like things on social media etc saying that it is so much more of a violation for women because I think on the whole women tend to be a lot more private Mm -hmm. about stuff like that women won't get together generally in groups of like their girlfriends and be like oh, shag this fit lad this yeah. week. Like, it's just not the way that we operate. We're a lot more... You know, obviously, there are women that are exceptions to the rule and stuff, and even the loudest and most brash of women are not like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just kind of I think not... the thing is as well, like, from the story, like, I don't know how true it is to, to the real story, but mm. the guy that, like, stole it and sold it, was trying to get revenge on Tommy Lee, not on Pamela Anderson. So, oh. so he's violated them both yeah. for his personal weird yeah. trip. No, no, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't enjoy that. No, but yeah, looking forward to to watching the rest of it as it comes out. So, Danielle, what have you been reading Ooh. lately? So, I actually haven't read anything for a while, so you can like. <laughs> so you just take, ask me about yeah, the books. Take this category. <laughs> Um, so I finished um, Shawshank Redemption oh, wow. by Stephen King, which was so good. I mean, massive trigger warning needed, but mm-hmm. obviously books like that don't get trigger warnings. <laughs> but, um, it's about um, a prison, basically, yeah. and obviously you don't want to give too much away, but I'm sure it's a very lot of graphic. people have seen the film. Yeah, I actually haven't seen the film, so oh, wow. I really need to watch it yeah. now. I've so read we're, it. We're the opposite here. I've, I've seen the film, not read the book. Yeah, which way's the right way, though? I don't know. <laughs> so, like, something that I did, like, sort of last year, or well, it might have been, like, two years ago now, mm. um, during the first lockdown, I read the Godfather book, 
and I had like seen I'd actually never sat down and like watched the Godfather like trilogy in full mm. um before that so like since reading that I have like sat down and watched it and it's like even though I read the book first I thought I would then go in and prefer the book to the films but I definitely didn't the films for me really yeah Oh, controversial they opinions. They kind of like fix, in my opinion, not fix, but they kind of, there's some problematic things in the book, which I think it the film's taken a different direction. Okay, so it's content rather than portrayal, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so I do need to watch Shawshank Redemption now. I do personally think, like, when you read the book first, in my opinion, I've never watched a film that I thought that was better than the mm-hmm. book. I think because the book, you can put so much of your own experience, so much of your own imagination into the reading of the book, it always ends up better. Yeah. And the film never quite gets to you the same, in my opinion anyway. So I, it is my favourite book of all time. Mm-hmm. And the first film, as in the original... Like the TV film... Is it, was it a TV film? It was like a two-parter, wasn't it? Like a TV two-parter. Was it? Mm. The old one? Yeah. I didn't know that. Anyway, that is amazing. I thought that was so good. The remake. Mm, it was okay. Mm. Like, I'd give it a solid six out of ten, but I didn't connect with it quite the same way. Yeah. I feel like it wasn't as true to how I'd imagined it. I'd almost imagined it more like the old, you know, the older film and neither of them quite hit the same as the book though because obviously the book is like 1100 pages or something so it's an absolute ride see i have like another thing like stephen king again um have you read carrie i haven't you know it was the first book that my mum ever read i've seen the film though so the old film rare how bloody rare is that (laughs) yeah the old film so i was it a remake there is a remake with like chloe grace moretz from like a few years ago which was terrible but oh. I watched that that seventies film first. Yeah, and I love it. It's like one of my favorite mm. films. It is so messed up. I love it. <laughs> and I, I tried to read the book, and I just couldn't get into the book. And I think the book was written in a way that it was quite hard to adapt into a film. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm like the opposite on that one. Mm. Sometimes his writing can be quite long winded, and it takes a yeah. while to get to the point. A lot of people I've seen have said that his books could be like made into half the size yeah but I just there's something about the way he writes that just kind of I'm like oh this is so I think his books would be better adapted into like series well horror series so his he's got a book called Mr Mercedes and it's a detective style Mm -hmm. so he's quite um he's quite versatile Mm -hmm. in his writing um and it was released in America so you couldn't get it on any channel but um but I managed to get hold of it. <laughs> and um, that was so good, honestly. It was... Um, I, I can't remember almost how it starts, and but it's about a detective and there's this guy that's an absolute nut job that lives in his mum's basement and has like a strange relationship mm. with his mum. Stephen King always seems to yeah. write about stuff like that, which kind of makes me worried for, <laughs> for his <laughs> overall well-being. But, you know, write whatever you want. It's fiction at the end of the day, we hope. Yeah. So, Touching it, wood right now. <laughs> so it's about this guy that lives in his mum's basement that's like determined to 
end the career and the life, I guess, of this um, detective mm-hmm. guy. But that was such a good series. I can't remember how many episodes it was, but that worked so well. I can definitely see different, st- like more modern Stephen King books being made into series two. Like there's one recently called The Institute. Mm-hmm. That gives me serious Stranger Things vibes. I would love to see that made into like a a series on Netflix yeah. or something, but... He's a weird man. I don't know whether he'd ever do anything on Netflix. I don't know whether he'd feel that was too kind of mainstream for him. Yeah, and maybe. Well, it, the thing is, though, I feel like at this point his his works have been adapted so many times. Like there, there was that Pet Cemetery, Cemetery Cemetery. I don't even know how to pronounce. That I think spelling. it's cemetery. Yeah, it's, it's just cemetery. I think Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Um, the recent oh, one. That, I thought that was awful. So did I. And then I watched Doctor Strange. Is that Stephen King? Yeah. Yeah. I watched that. I quite like oh, that. Oh, wait, Doctor Sleep. Yeah, not Doctor Strange. That's that, that, the Marvel. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that's Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Doctor Sleep. Yeah. Which so, was the sequel from The Shining. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I quite like I quite like Doctor Sleep, but you didn't. I didn't. I didn't vibe with it at all. It was I did too think long. It was quite slow and long, but yeah. I feel like. Like to to do justice. I've not read the book, but I'm presuming like to do justice to the book, it had to be it long. It had to be long, and that's yeah. why I think they'd be better sometimes as series. Yeah, I didn't particularly enjoy the book either. Mm. Just didn't hit. It, didn't hit for you. No, it was a bit of a mess. Um, for for the most part, I don't think he he really ever annoys me in the t- you know like the way that he writes and the tone that he writes or anything. But that. No, I, I should have liked it because it was all like witchy and yeah. like that sort of thing. But no, I wasn't into it. The Shining, however, I've not read the book. Oh, it's so good. You need to. I feel like <laughs> this whole conversation is like a Stephen. I've King not watched novel. the film. You've not watched, <laughs> You've the, not film. watched the film. <laughs> I've not read the book. <laughs> yeah, um, the film is outstanding, mm. though. I know you have to forgive it because it is old, and you know it's not as techie as we'd like it to be yeah. these days but once you've accepted the fact that it was done so long ago the thing good. is though i just don't think stanley kubrick should i mean i'm like this is very controversial stanley kubrick is like what one of the most like applauded like producers directors ever but apparently he was just like so like he's not a well-known feminist let's put it that way uh. and um i always forget her name but the the main actress that like plays the mum. Mm. Apparently, he was just like awful, awful to her on set. As in mean or harassing, like mean, like pushing her, like like traumatizing her. Oh my god! And he says it was like to get the best performance out of her, but you know he wasn't doing the same thing with Jack Nicholson. Imagine or like, any like of the other actors. imagine being abusive to somebody and being yeah. like, "Oh, I'm just and trying to get the best performance out." <laughs> this of goes them. back to like what what I was saying like last week about the Lolita film. Like, like he should not have been the person making that film because he like is clearly like not like I don't know. Mm. I just think he's a bit problematic. In yeah, my opinion. I don't um, really know enough, but I am definitely gonna have mm-hmm. a cheeky Google after yeah. <laughs> this and see what's going on. Not not. A well-known feminist, let's put it that way. Mm. But to move away from Stephen King, <laughs> I'm currently reading... Uh, well, I'd read a lot of heavy books, so a bit of fantasy, horror, um, obviously Shawshank. 
I was just like, I need a romance because romance is like my genre. Coming up to Valentine's Day as well. Oh, I know. So I'm reading The Spanish Love Deception and I can't remember who it's by, but it's such a good book. Like it's, um, the trope is, um, enemies to lovers. Oh, of course. (laughs) Which is so good. It never happens in real life, but it's great. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm always in an enemies to lovers situation. I'm not really. (laughs) I was just looking like, girl, what? (laughs) But um, it kind of gives me, I don't know if anybody listening has read The Hating Game. It gives me that kind of vibe, but it's like that, but so much better. Um, There's just something about the way it's written and it's so gripping. And essentially the whole premise of the book is this woman needs a date because she's pretended to her family that she has a boyfriend and she doesn't so there's this boy in the office that for some reason offers to be her date even though they don't get on he then needs her to pretend to be his date for this charity auction where he's getting bid on it's really like it's really cringe but you know when you just need that like relief hearted yeah i think i'm on like page 160 they're not even in spain yet like there's so much to come. Apparently it's steamy AF, so Ooh. I can't wait for the woo, <laughs> for the sex scenes. <laughs> and, um, so we're just going to see how well written they are because I think sometimes that's where books like this fall down. Mm-hmm. The sex scenes are a bit like... In out, in out, yeah. shake it all about the end. <laughs> and I'm just like, we need that build-up, girl. <laughs> but um, I feel like there is a lot of build-up because they've not even kissed yet and it is nearly 200 pages in so I'm just yeah. kind of like you know come on speed up come the on, process pick up the pace pick up the pace I know exactly but yeah I'm really enjoying it and like you say it's Valentine's Day mm-hmm. soon um are you doing anything in particular gonna do a bit of like lighting a candle and yeah, <laughs> feeling well, the vibes obviously I actually start my new job on Valentine's oh, Day so that's exciting yeah I'll probably just come home after work and Take a nice bath or something. Get a takeaway, drink yeah. yourself. Feel the feel good yeah. vibes. What about you? What are you and Joe up to? Um, so I'm off all next week and Joe's not. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just gonna be pissing him off all week. No, um we're going out for dinner. Um and yeah, hopefully he's got me a beautiful Valentine's Day balloon. <laughs> I keep saying, like, get me a balloon, get me a balloon, but he just won't. Um my friend at work joked saying what would you do if you proposed on valentine's day and i was like say no like i would find that so embarrassing (laughs) and cringe he knows that for a fact though yeah be original pick a different day (laughs) like apparently 10 percent of all proposals happen on valentine's day which is just a bit staged i said 85 percent or 90 percent. i can't do maths clearly um of all the other proposals happen on like Christmas Eve yeah, or something. Probably. People always seem New to get in, yeah, engaged around that time of year. But mm. yeah, we're just keeping it low key. Like we're obviously recently moved, so we're just going somewhere local. I can't really be bothered to like make a big deal out of Valentine's yeah. Day. It's just it's just a bit crap all round, yeah. isn't it? It is like stuff like New Year's Eve where there's so much hype placed on it, but What's the point? It's just I don't want to sound like a miserable it's bitch. Like one but it's one of my just capitalist. one of my favorite like shows ever was Mad Men, um, which was all about like advertising industry. And I yeah. can't like can't think of that exact quote, but the main character Don Don Draper he says something like 
Valentine's Day was just like made to sell Hallmark cards. Literally. Essentially. And big massive teddies. Yeah. In home bargains that say, I love you, that cost a tenner, but where are you going to put it? Who's got the space for that? Can you be getting one of those every year? Imagine. Bet there's someone out there that gets yeah. one of those every year. They must have like a house big enough to store them in. <laughs> They've just got a room full Cupboards of these of teddies. teddies yeah. I mean, I do love a good teddy. I can't even lie and throw shade at people that <laughs> like teddies because I am a bit of a teddy hoarder, but no. No. Those those Valentine's teddies just don't much, do it for me. It? Yeah. And do you know what else I don't like? Builder bears. I find them mm. naff as well. Yeah. I've never had a builder bear. Really? I always wanted one when I was younger and then my mum was like, no, it's a waste of money. <laughs> <laughs> She's very frugal. Say how it is. <laughs> yeah, I had... I remember when... This isn't funny. I remember when my rabbit, Ash, died and my parents took me to the Trafford Centre to get me a Build-A-Bear of a bunny. And I was meant to call it Ash in memory of Ash the <laughs> rabbit, right? So the woman at the desk was like, what do you want to call it? And my mum was looking at me like, oh, say Ash. And I was just like, Snowy. <laughs> Like, why did I call this build a verse? Sorry, Ash. Anyway, sauce Ash. Oh, that rabbit was so dumb. Was he named after Ash Ketchup? Ash Ketchup. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he was named after Ash Ketchup. I was obsessed with Pokemon. Oh my god, I'm I've been playing the new Pokemon. Have you? Joe keeps saying how much he wants it. Is it good? It yeah. Like it's a bit frustrating in parts. Uh, I've actually not played a Pokemon game probably since. Pokemon Yellow back on the Game Boy Color. Really? Yeah. Oh, I so, miss Game Boys so much. Yeah, I'm enjoying so it. Good. I'm enjoying it. Oh yeah, it's like reliving my youth. I like a bit of nostalgia. Anything that brings the nostalgia back yeah. is always always a good time. I'm but trying to catch an Eevee at the minute. I think that's such a cute. Eevee you know, that's a fox. My favorite. Yeah, like it's my favorite. It's like a little Arctic fox. Yeah, me and Joe had um, like a full on debate. Not an Arctic fox, like a oh. One of those, like, desert foxes. The opposite of an Arctic fox. One of those ones with, like, the long ears. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> I can't think of what it's called. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I want eight Eevees so that I can evolve them all into the different... Stages of yeah. life. Well, there's, like, eight different things you can evolve an Eevee into. Oh, is there? So, yeah, that's, like, <laughs> I've not even caught one yet. <laughs> well, keep trying, you yeah, never know. fingers crossed. This time next week, you Maybe. might have caught some Eevees. But actually, like, yeah, I've not been reading a lot recently because I've been finding, like, what, at the minute, I'm just getting into bed and playing that, like, yeah. in the evenings. Do you know what we need to do? We need to buddy read The Smiling Man, the <gasps> yes. second Joseph Knox book <laughs> in the, um, what is it? The Aiden, Aiden Waits trilogy. <laughs> so we both, well... We kind of buddy read. <laughs> Danielle's fed ahead. <laughs> Daniel read it in about two seconds. I, I took about three weeks. It was so good. It was so good. Yeah, I loved it. I, I honestly, I stayed up so late. I'm, I love my sleep, so I don't really go to bed that late. But yeah, I stayed up super late to finish that because I was just like so good, and I think the fact that it was set in Manchester oh. too. I was just like, this is the creme de la creme of I'm just, thrillers. But I think the, the next books are set in London and I'm like a bit sad about that. Oh, he's, I think, no, I think they're set in Manchester because he said that when I wrote my review on Bookster, he said that the locations in the second book are more accurate in Manchester than oh, the ones in the okay, first. Okay, maybe in the third one he goes to London then or something. Uh, um, because we both read True Crime Story, which is like his standalone oh, book. Oh, amazing. Also set in Manchester. Um 
Yeah. I just love the way that he writes Manchester. Like, even if it's not, like, geographically accurate all the time, Mm. I just, like, that he just writes it in, like, such a grey, dark, moody way, which I quite like. Yeah, I do. I do enjoy his writing so much. There's just something about it that's... It's just great. Yeah. And we yeah. like we met him as well, didn't we? Oh, we did. We did. He signed our books, and we were like, "Oh, thank you." <laughs> yeah, and like just hearing him kind of like talk about his processes and stuff, like yeah, I enjoyed that. And the fact that he loves like practically writing himself yeah. into every I swear to God, like the, the main <laughs> characters. Well, not the main, but like in both those books, he's definitely. There. In there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he actually names himself in true crime stories. <laughs> yeah. Noxy. <laughs> Foxy Noxy. <laughs> yeah. But we do need to read yeah, that. Definitely. Feel like once I've finished this Spanish love deception, mm. we should we should get onto it if you're if you're feeling ready and then we can give like a little review on the podcast. Yeah, for definitely. People. I've got a feeling it's gonna be a certain five star though. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, we've covered quite a lot again on this on this week's podcast. I feel like our conversation kind of just always takes us on a little, you know, a million and one tangents. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely does. I I just think there's so much to talk about, mm. though, isn't there? The pop culture sphere. And us two, so us two can just talk forever <laughs> <laughs> yeah we should make a special one-off episode where we just talk for like yeah. eight hours a whole working day of speaking <laughs> live stream or something <laughs> oh gosh can you imagine yeah well thank you so much for joining us we hope you've enjoyed our second episode yes. Ooh, and we'll be back soon yeah and if you want to you know keep up with all of our updates uh, we are on Twitter, that's at N-A-P-C pod. And we're also on Instagram at not another pop culture pod. Yeah, so follow us. Yes. Yeah. Keep up to date. Bye. Bye-bye.